No, dude. So, like, so a a, a a thing, a thing, a thing happened to me uh, recently, um, and it kind of like reinvigorated uh, uh, my want to do this podcast. Sort of reminded me why hmm. I started doing this in the first place. Um, I was at a, a a a party not too long ago, a social soiree, as it were. Uh, I get invited uh, to those pretty frequently, which is something that I know that D- Dan yeah, can't okay. relate to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, John knows what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. You know, we have friends. They want us to go places with them. Um, and uh, while we were there, I uh, uh, ran into a, uh, a guy, just a, just, a, just, a, just, a, just a random schmuck, a fucking nobody, frankly. <laughs> uh, and uh, we were talking, uh, uh, as one sometimes does, in order to feel superior to nobodies. Uh, and the topic of this podcast came up. And uh, first of all, he like really wants to be a guest on this podcast <laughs> without knowing what the podcast was, which is already kind of a red flag. Like if it's like, you know, if I'm just like, yeah, I have a podcast. People are like, oh, dude, like, oh, no, I've been on like my friend's podcast. Like, it's, it's really good, you know? And I'm sure. just like, you don't, you, you don't even know what the podcast is, brother. Like, you know, come on. So I'm trying to like explain to him, you know, kind of like the, uh, uh, the gist. And, and now he knows that so I really hope he's not listening to this actually because he'll know exactly who he is <laughs> and uh because i kind of explained the entire podcast hey what's so, up um, schmuck hey what's fucking up schmuck? Hey, nobody what's up hey what's up you, <laughs> hey, what's up, you fucking loser oh, but, okay yeah. well anyway so you know and i'm 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 kind, I'm kind of like trying to explain to him like what the podcast is and then you know i'm like yeah so you know we're like watching like the marvel movies in order we're talking about them whatever um and he's like oh which one are are, are you starting with um and i said uh you know we're going like you know in sort of like the like canonical release order uh so you know we started with iron man we're kind of moving through and this fucking guy here we was go. like well th- well that's not actually the canon release order oh, right no. here we go and, uh, and oh, i was like no. and i was like what i was like what do you mean he's like well te- well technically uh that would have been the canon release order until spider-man no way home comes out but because it ties the spider-man universes canonically into the marvel universe the toby Maguire spider-man movie is actually the first canon marvel film so you've already made an error with your podcast because that's Uh. the film that you should have started with and in that moment (laughs) i was like i fucking hate fans of this fucking like like what the fuck just like just be normal bro like what the fuck is wrong with you and it's like that spirit was the thing that inspired me to want to do this podcast in the first place. It's like I just want to check dorks, and so you, and so maybe if that guy is listening to this, uh, you know, in the moment I was being polite. Uh, to you about it, but uh, uh, I just want you to know internally, you should never have said that to me. I was very upset about yeah, that. Yeah, you catch um, me saying anything like that. Uh, unironically ever like not even just in this podcast just <laughs> mm. just in fucking general just right please murder me yeah oh in minecraft oh, me too yeah yeah <laughs> in minecraft in world of warcraft yeah. too yeah murder yeah murder 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 me in world of warcraft but I, I just i just i just want you to know dan it's like 
That's like that's like that's like your guy. No, you know that's what I'm saying. No, that is no, it is because because that guy would listen to the podcast. He'd agree with all your and like somewhere out there, there's like a cool guy. He's like maybe like sipping on a little glass of scotch, smoking a rolly, you know, uh, uh, sitting out sitting out by a pool somewhere, uh-huh. uh, uh, being jerked off by a supermodel, <laughs> okay, and Jesus. he's listening to the podcast and he's agreeing with me and my points yeah and I that guy's to... listening to the podcast by the pool right. while he's smoking and yeah. drinking yeah that makes sense right. yeah, yeah no yeah and, and he is and he and every time i talk he's like you know what christian good point man alternate he, he, scenario he's right. super drunk wasted uh-huh. his life and is actually <laughs> the pool boy hanging out on furniture he shouldn't be on right. while drinking the owner's whiskey Right, and getting his dick sucked by a, by supermodel. a supermodel. Yeah, but it's that, actually see, the pool supplies, the cleaning tools that he's using, the vacuum that you put at the bottom. Right, that's right. what's actually happening. So. <laughs> so it's just, so it's just, so it's just a drunk guy fucking a pool vacuum. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I'll give that to you, uh, uh-huh. Dan. That guy would agree with me too, because I'm a man of the people uh, from okay. all classes and all walks of life. Well. I have lots of things that are relatable to lots of people regardless of where you found yourself uh in life at this point and if we've learned anything it's that society as a whole would love this podcast so please share with your friends and like the podcast however you do do that that. yeah Yeah. download it i know yeah Yeah, but don't but don't do it but don't share this podcast with dorks you know what i mean no no share them with dorks no no, we could use the listens it's fine yeah don't listen to da- share it with like a cool guy. Maybe he's like sitting by a pool. Maybe he has a oh, rolly God. in his hand. Right. Maybe right. he has a, a nice a nice glass of perfume. And it's time to actually <laughs> talk about Marvel stuff. Woo! Let's go. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is uh, Shirtless Pool Man, and I'm here, and this is and this is the Pool Cast. Hey, and I only associate with very cool people that aren't <laughs> super dorks, and I'm Dan. And I'm John, and I get invited to a lot of parties, I promise. Wow. Well, I'm jealous. Woo! What's going on, everyone? It's another episode of your favorite podcast, uh, Cape Shit. Um, today, Captain America the winter soldier but is he the winter soldier or is the winter soldier someone else entirely yeah that's a question yeah i I actually was by the way (laughs) i was like because i was like oh it's captain america the winter soldier and then some other guys the winter soldier and i'm like what do you what even is this what the fuck yeah when i was when i was titling my notes i put captain america colon the Winter Soldier, and I was like, wait, uh-huh. is that actually the title? Because that would kind of imply that Captain America is the Winter Soldier, so shouldn't it be Captain America and the Winter Soldier? No, because it's Captain America Civil War, but he's not a Civil War. Well, there's no colon there. There it's is. Just, there is? Captain America colon Civil War is the next Captain America movie. Yeah, but a man can't be a Civil War. That's just well, preposterous. Man can't be a Civil War. But he can't be That's a Winter insane. Soldier yeah, either. Yeah, he can't. He could insane. totally be a Winter Soldier. No, because what Bucky's the Winter Soldier. Sorry, spoilers, everybody. Oh my God. It's Bucky. Uh, what? No, hold uh, on. We haven't got there yet. You're going to have to explain your thesis to me on that. I one. know. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Captain America the Winter Soldier, uh, which is yeah. a pretty normal way to name a movie to discuss yeah. what the uh, topic of I don't that think, movie I don't think, is. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it was. Uh, yeah, I yeah. don't think right, it was well, either. That was we- it was a weird title to me, I dude. I don't think 
think so, actually. Uh, and normally, I got to say, too, this is the point in the podcast uh, where Dan's going to give you uh, some fun backstory. Oh, I've got uh, some and... real fun stuff today. Oh, he's got you? he's got he's got fun stuff. He's got plot synopsis. He's got actors. He's got movies. But I was listening to a podcast recently uh, and I hated it, by the way. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, they Cape did a shit. thing. It's called. Cape <laughs> shit. Yeah, where uh, one of the guys uh, would talk and then he has this other guy that's just hyping him up the entire time See, and it was really that's I what didn't, we gotta I, do but see, but I was thinking, you know what? These sections, they get a little long. They get a little meandering. We get a little lost in them. So I think that uh, 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 for this edition, uh, Dan, you give the plot synopsis, and I'll be here to give you backup, and I'll, 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 I'll hype it. I'll wow. hype it up right. for you. Please get so me much. out of here. Um, okay. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the big news here. Here we go. Okay. Uh, this is directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. Let's go. Wow. Anthony and Joe Russo. Let's go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because they're also the two that are going to direct Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. Woo! You've heard of those movies and you love them. Let me tell you. You know how many visual effects shots there were, Christian? Guess. How many visual effects shots were there, Dan? No matter how many you guess, it's still going to be more than that. That's how oh many. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. 2,500. million? Oh. Oh, well, okay. Well, that's uh, that's less than what I... Okay. Uh, 2,500 visual <laughs> effects shots created by six companies, which is kind of wild they spread out the work so much because there was so Woo! much to do absolutely wow. wild by the way from yeah. my pers- i hear that that's wild Please you know what continue? else is wild 714 oh million wild, dollars man. worldwide no say yeah. that number again <laughs> I need you to stop. 714 million <laughs> wow um <laughs> i'm having such a hard time i know this is terrible but what i found interesting when i was reading up about this movie uh, a little bit more was when this came out there were actually a lot of people that compared this, and I'm curious if you guys uh, uh, got any of this, but a lot of people compared it to Metal Gear Solid, uh, the video game you, series. You know, dude, that's so funny because I, I yes, well, but no, the movie, kind of, but like specifically when he's fighting the terrorists on, on the, the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's literally the start of Metal Gear Solid 2. That is how yeah. Metal Gear Solid 2 opens, yeah? So one yeah. of the uh, uh, critics said that this uh, film was pretty close to Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty, uh, stating that the yep. first half of The Winter Soldier feels like probably the closest movie adaption we've gotten to Metal Gear Solid 2 with similar elements, stealth, evil group, uh, moral dilemma about sacrificing one's personal liberties for the feeling of security, blah, 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 blah. Right. So right. it's kind of, uh, kind of interesting, uh, to hear that. So, uh, yeah, overall, uh, this was an interesting shift, uh, uh, watching this movie. Cause I feel like there was a kind of shift in the action and the shots. And, uh, one of the things this movie was praised for was that it took a little bit of a step back on as much CGI and focus for some practical effects. Um, even with all the visual shots, there was a lot of really, uh, intense fighting sequences and action sequences in this movie that felt, uh, a bit more real, I guess, than other ones, especially sure. like the ones with cap running down hallways and pushing people over and busting through doors uh you know we had a lot of conversations about him jumping through doors so uh there were a lot of door breaks in this movie i thought that was a funny. lot of door breaks yeah 
um so yeah that's uh that's where we're at captain america uh winter soldier love the hype man we should continue that forever so uh yep please never do that again okay right no i you know what i stopped when uh john asked me to stop because i because i i i I respect uh his opinion on these matters sure okay as one should as one should and that and you know what that it probably for uh, uh reasons like that that john gets invited to so many parties mm-hmm. because he says things that people say you know what i respect that well there you go uh <laughs> let's get into it cap yep running at left. the speed of light on your left on your, on your left. left oh yeah this on your is, left uh, he could do this all day this a lot yeah, yeah. He, he, he could. He could. He certainly could do that. You know, I I didn't remember all of the Bucky Cap interactions in this movie, but I was really hoping at one point when Bucky and Cap were fighting that he was going to say, "I could do this all day," and then see Bucky's face go, "Wait a minute, is that is that Steve?" And, uh-huh. <laughs> and then just to see what your reaction would have been to that, such yeah. a ridiculous moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm. I'm glad that didn't happen personally. I, know, I, know. But, <laughs> I mean, hey, that's just me. Well, hey, uh, we see our first introductions here to Sam Wilson, uh, who is later to be known as the Falcon. Uh, and we see that Cap just runs at a ridiculously fast pace. Uh, what I noticed through a lot of this movie is uh, while Captain America is extremely popular and has a museum and has all this stuff that he's just able to kind of be in the open all the time without yeah. people like surrounding well, him. Well, or to anything. be fair, it was very early. Yeah, yep. true. And true. Uh, he was wearing a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> when it wasn't <laughs> you see, you... early, he was wearing a hoodie and or a hat with some glasses. Or a hat with some glasses. Yeah. You walk into that Captain America museum, all of a sudden there's statues everywhere of Captain America wearing a hoodie. That would just blow his entire <laughs> thing up. People would just be like, hold on, wait, I know you. Yeah. So, okay, here's my here's my question about Captain America. Uh, like, does he have to work out? Like, what's the deal there? Does, like, does, like, like well, if he just stopped doing physical activities, would he eventually just get fat and, like, less muscular? Like, I think, but, yes. I think, yeah. I don't think he would ever get fat because his metabolism is probably insane. Yeah. But, um, he definitely needs to work out because he's still human. Like, he's still got human sure. physiology. It's just tightened. In yeah, advanced. okay, word. Yeah, there are also... In the future of the MCU, we'll see more people that took the super serum uh, who have aged and whose bodies have, like, not become fat, but, like, not ripped. Like, yeah. Right, like totally. His. So they, they can age, they can lose their mass, and they can, you know, kind of uh, uh, not be so bulky like that anymore. Yeah, dude. You know, so like we also around this point, uh, Black Widow makes a little bit of an appearance. And uh, my first thought was, oh, oh no, <laughs> this is going to be like a prominently featured Black Widow thing, uh, which I was right about. But I'll say off the rip, this is like I didn't 
absolutely hate every single instance of Black Widow yep. in this movie mm -hmm. the same way that I have every other movie up till this point. Like, yeah. I at least can kind of see your guys' point when you're like, just wait, because like Black Widow, it's like she sucks now, but she's going to like, but like, but later they, and I'm like, okay, I sort of see the beginnings of that happening because like Natasha wasn't like the worst character in this movie. Um, as often I feel she is when, you know, she's around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, someone she... just rang my doorbell. No, keep going. I'm just telling oh, that, that's oh, a, okay. hey, Thanks for letting for us the, know. For the, for the recording, <laughs> when you hear that on the recording, Got someone it. rang my doorbell and I'm going to ignore it. Anyway, please continue. Um, yeah. Yeah. In this movie, they made her more of a character with a backstory and emotions right. and, and, you know. Uh, yeah. it was it was more in depth this time for sure. She wasn't just an extra plot point or person to put on screen for looks, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. She actually had a little impact in the story. Yeah. yeah. Um. Although we do still see her get manhandled in this movie, as is of course uh, necessary in every single movie the Black Widow's in. You need like a big burly guy touching her face sensually yeah, and aggressively also yeah. we get the shot of her uh her ass as she walks yeah. out of the frame so, yeah yeah course. there was one Obligatory. yeah there was it was pretty ridiculous it didn't really make any hey, sense man, i'm not complaining uh yeah of course hey um hey yeah so hey when black widow comes to pick up uh the fossil as she refers to him as oh, Steve also uh, pulls out a little notepad at this time when he's talking to Sam about things he has to catch up on. It has things on it like I love Lucy and a couple other things, but also Steve Jobs just uh -huh. in general is on there. Uh, and then I started watching the rest of the movie and noticed, oh, there's Apple was a sponsor of this movie. Got it. Like Apple was all over this movie. <laughs> This movie, more so, like, uh, the likes of which we have not seen since the original Thor movie, there is so much corporate sponsorship inside this yeah. movie. Yeah, like, they is. blow up a Penske truck. It's like you have, like, prominently featured Starburst at points. It's like there's Apple shit all over the place. It's like, I mean, kind like kind of to a point where it's like, and like sometimes it's like it's kind of fun for me to be nitpicky just for the sake of being nitpicky. But I'll actually say like like the like the 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 level of like advertisement in this film like took me out of it at points because it was like there was so much of it. Like yeah. a lot was going on here. Yeah, there was there was a lot for sure. I agree. Um, and so they're heading out on their first mission of the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, dude. Okay. So as soon as as soon as uh, oh, man. Natasha picks up uh, Steve, the the next the very next scene, they're in a plane. Yep. And immediately, I'm like, Are we gonna get the scene? <laughs> oh, Are dude. Are we gonna me get too. the scene where they jump out of a plane? I and, can't oh, believe boy, it, man. Do we get the scene <laughs> with the cheesy liner? Yep. So the what, dude. Uh, wait, what did he say? Oh, he said. Yeah. Cap jumps, and Rumlow said. Uh, the guy is talking to Rumlow and says, "Was he wearing a parachute?" And Rumlow goes, "No, no, he wasn't." And he kind of like smirks <laughs> and laughs about it as if like we're used to it by now. 
Right. <laughs> oh god. It's too much, dude. I'm just saying. Like it's far it's far it's far too much. At that point in the movie, I legitimately paused it and looked over at Allison and was just like You can't make this up. like yeah, it's 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 kind of insane. It's like it's like they need to just hit their plane jump quota, or else people aren't going to oh, be hyped man. enough. Oh, that was just so wild. Um, yeah. uh, so uh, Cap is heading to this uh, ship that's been overtaken by uh, French pirates. Mm. Uh, question. And I have... again, it's another classic instance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where uh, uh, you know they're evil because they don't speak English. Well, as okay. soon as you, <laughs> yeah, they're not Russian or German this time, though. Yeah, they're not they, Russian they're or German this up. time. They're yeah, French. Yeah, exactly. This time. Yeah, which is you know, yeah, the real villains it's... of the real world. Though, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, everything else is just a smokescreen. Really, we need to be focusing on the French. I feel like they're sort of the uh, 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 the arbiters of doom in our mod- in our modern world. But um, yeah, again, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of just like a lazy Marvel thing. But I always notice it where it's like. You know, if they need you to know that someone is like bad, they're just like, oh, just have them like not speak English. And if they're just kind of there with guns, not speaking English to each other, it's like, oh, it's an easily identifiable enemy. The entirety of the audience can look at it and be like, oh, I don't much care for those non-English speaking guys. You know, I wonder if movies that are based in other non-English languages, utilize English characters to describe that they are evil? I don't know. That's actually Uh, a good question. You know, just like utilizing essentially any other language besides the one it's based out of to represent that they're not the good guys, you know? Right. So, I don't know. I'm not cultured enough. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to watch the uh, Bollywood MCU next to see if right, that dude, yeah. man, I would have so much fun. Yeah. yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Um, so I was gonna ask, uh, as Cap is on this uh, boat, if you remember from the first Captain America movie, one of the things I said that was my criticism was that Cap running through one of the facilities with a giant red, white, and blue shield that was super bright didn't make a ton of sense. Sure. Mm-hmm. This looked like he was wearing a covert shield, like a version of the shield that was dumbed down, like the colors were brought down to be super bland, maybe for being more tactical in these moments. Did you guys notice that too? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the shield, the shield, like it, it like it doesn't have that sheen on it. Like it's like it's yeah. a, it's a little more muted. Well, and also, I mean, I think too, like a thing that they really went out of their way to do in this movie that worked actually. Uh, can we uh, get some? Can we get? Can we get some? some uh, yeah, some horns. Whoa! Whoa. Hey, what's up? We're in we're in we're in Christian's corner of things that he thought worked. Uh, follow me into here now. Um. Like, the way that he utilized the shield in the movie was, like, actually good. Like, it, because, like, I felt like in the first Captain America movie, and even, like, the first Captain America movie was the one I probably liked the most out of, like, the first phase. And so it almost felt like all the shield shit was just kind of, like, fan service-y. Like, uh, like, it was, like, stuff would happen. It was this epic, like, he's punching him with the shield. And then it's, oh, here he goes. He's going to throw the shield. And then it's a close-up on. But, like, this one, I, like, I sort of liked how it's, like, he's doing a bunch of shit with the shield. But it's not like the predominant 
focus. Exactly. It's like he's doing other shit too. He just also happens to be throwing the shield every yeah. once in a while. Or he's like punching and kicking, but then he's like ding and he like hits someone or he like blocks something. And it's like, but it's like, it's like, it's like less of the focal point of every scene and more like a tool that he just kind of happens to be utilizing. It's more like integrated into his fighting style. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, and, and I thought this part on the ship because like, I think sort of like to your point and I agreed with it in the first movie, it's like the, the, the whole him storming the base scene, like felt a little cheesy. Like it was it just, like, like the whole thing, Thing kind of felt out of place but i feel like they flowed it pretty well in this boat scene actually yeah. because it's like you know he like he is sort of this like larger than life kind of thing because he's a superhero and that's what it's going to be but it's like him having the shield made sense the way he was dressed made sense like him sort of stealthily taking out people made sense like it's like it it all worked within the context of the scene that they set for themselves yeah for sure i felt like in this they they actually choreographed really well all of the fight scenes and the yeah. action scenes and all that and it all felt way more realistic in in the best way you know it can for being sure. a superhero movie you know well i would i would just i would just, like if i have like one criticism towards it and this is sort of a criticism that i think was prevalent through the entire movie is that the cuts like like the fight scenes were so jumpy yeah. and that I didn't like actually like because I agree I thought that it was all handled better but it's like I mean they couldn't like keep something on the screen for more than like three seconds at most it's just like cut 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 it's like punch cut kick cut shield cut punch cut like over yeah. and over and it, fe it felt a little jarring like i sort of wish that we had been able to see some of those scenes play out a bit more like because you know at a certain point i almost kind of like lost the plot of what was happening in some of these scenes just because it's so all over the place it's just like you know like action shot action shot action shot at which you know that's like a stylistic choice but i feel like it loses some of the impact for me yeah that's that's a big thing when it comes to choreographing and editing fight scenes is that you want to have like a philosophy for the way that you shoot it um, because you want to get like the action of like a punch or a kick or a hit or whatever and you want to see the impact of it but when you cut so much between like every single part of the fight scene you lose the impact and it just becomes like jarring to watch I will say yes. though that like one of the things that I did I mean like about 50% of this movie is just like action, right? Which yeah, is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but they really brought on like a solid fucking team for the choreographing and the stunt choreography in general. And shout outs to, uh, to Corridor Crew on YouTube. They have uh, a stuntman react uh, mm. series and they do a lot of Marvel stuff with like actual stuntmen who worked on the Marvel movies. And they break down a lot of uh, a lot of fights that were actually in this movie too. Um, oh, nice! But yeah, a lot of the stuff that that people remember from this movie is like Cap versus Bucky, and like with the whole fight, uh, with the knife fight, where yeah. uh, Bucky yeah. is like kind of like flipping and like dropping the knife and picking it up with the other hand and all that shit. Like that that shit gets remembered, and I think in part because of the choreography, but also in part because of the uh, 
the editing. Like they don't yeah. cut a ton yeah. out of that. You get to see the whole motion, all the choreography. It's really cool. Yeah, I felt like in this movie, and it shows a lot in this first scene here where they're on the ship, is <clears throat> we really felt the power of the characters in this one. Like the, the yes. like mm-hmm. Bucky's power, Cap's power. Like the thing in I think to Christian's point is in the first movie for Cap every fight scene where he would like use the shield or whatever felt like a moment that they were setting up to like take a picture and then make that like a poster. Yeah. Right. Right. For, yep. Yeah. For every exactly. punch yep. was like a, uh, a, a fanfare. Whereas this was like, there was just so much, a lot of it was just one offs of him just handling well, business. And, and I think, I think a lot of the fight scenes in this movie too, like a thing I actually like really did like, like, unironically i actually liked about this movie is that it's like it kind of did the opposite of what a lot of marvel shit has done up till this point where it's like there are like subtleties there Mm -hmm. are a lot of things that are understated in this where it's like even like like captain's like fighting someone he just kind of like swats them and they like fucking fly into a wall or whatever but then it doesn't like cut to a scene of someone in like uh the the, in like in an airplane watching them being like oh my god did you just see (laughs) the effortless way that you know which is like it's like there's been a lot of that up till this point and i never like it but this is like kind of cool you know he's just like running around and it's like you know someone like full blast like hits him with something and then he kind of like almost effortlessly like mm-hmm. you know is doing things and and like you know he's just causing chaos but they, but like at no point do they necessarily need to remind the audience that he is in fact a super soldier yeah. it's like he just sort of is that and the scenes reflect him as being that and then we just get over it and keep going and that's how this shit should be handled and and really it hasn't been like it truly has not been handled the way that they handled it in captain america winter soldier this is the first movie of the mcu definitively that they've like taken this approach to it and it's a way better approach like it's so much better like this i want them to never go back to whatever that phase one shit was well, this is why uh, Joe and Anthony Russo were put in charge of th- the most important movies of the MCU, right? We've yeah. got this one, which was really important for Cap's story, but then we've got Captain America Civil War, which is also a really important story. And then obviously the crowning jewel of Infinity War and Endgame are all in their hands as well. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense after seeing this movie, like why they were put in charge of those bigger films yeah Yeah, well and and you know kind of on like the fight scene thread too like you know as we progress through this like boat uh uh thing we also get like a black widow fight scene and this kind of goes into what i was saying before where i'm like because like one of my biggest issues with black widow up until now and it's kind of like a an issue that i have with like the way that a lot of the like female leads in the mcu end up being portrayed is that it's like they show like a hot girl in a skimpy outfit and the audience is supposed to be like oh look at this hot girl but then they like need her to punch someone in the face so that it's like oh but she's oh but she's actually like uh a punch you in the face kind of you know whatever and then that's like the only 
explanation for their character that we really get and we're just and now we just are supposed to assume that they're strong but and like up until now like a lot of the black widow shit again like really over the top really overstated like she's getting into like slug fests with dudes and it's like it never added up to me that well because i'm just like you know two muscly ass like 300 pound goons would motherfucking kill natasha in like the scenarios that we've seen up until now but in this one it was like like jumps and kicks which i can believe it's like it's not this like fucking like we're trading punches kind of thing it's like she's like kicking like elbowing people in the head it's like stuff where i'm like i'm I'm a lot more inclined to be like okay this is a much more believable thing and even when she's doing the acrobatic shit it's not this like dumb fucking like it's a scene of her doing four backflips in the air for like no apparent reason it's like it's like all of the shit that she does seems like it has some kind of purpose to her actually having done it and when she's like striking people with powerful blows it's like she's kicking them and elbowing them and stuff which i'm actually like realistically that would be doing the damage that is being portrayed on the screen so i was like her handling was just much better i guess is my point it's like it's yeah. it, it was chill yeah just in general across the board i think all the power changes were good so one of the things that like I really liked about the action in this movie, but also go back to what I was talking about, like the the recap about what I didn't like about the Avengers. Um is the way that like whenever whenever Steve like punches or like kicks someone really hard, they fucking go flying. Right. And that's something that I really liked about this movie and something that like a lot of other superhero action movies get really weirdly like when you punch someone really hard from like a super strength person and they go flying it never looks sellable like it always looks fake but in in this starting this movie in the marvel series like every time a super powered person like punches or kicks someone the other person goes flying they sell that shit so well yeah Well, and I think, too, to that point, like, a thing that they got right in this movie is that, like, like, the damage done is, like, proportional to the effort that Captain America is putting at. When he punches someone really hard, they fly really far, and when he, like kind of like you know punches them like lighter they they don't like sell it as if he just like did like a full power thing and again they don't spend a lot and like not even a lot they don't spend any time dwelling on that and that like because for sure it sells it yeah yeah it bakes it in to the reality of the of the universe Uh, um but i will say that every time I do see Captain America, specifically Captain America, doing this shit to people, I'm like, that he just murdered that dude. You know? Yes. Every single one, I think there was one dude on that boat where I was like, okay, that guy's probably not dead because he just kind of flipped him over on his back. Yeah. But everyone that he like kicked, hit with his shield, he like chucked the shield at ricochets after like three different people. Yeah, yeah, ricochet and hits them in the head. (laughs) I'm like, those dudes are all fucking dead. And you can't tell me 
that nah, Captain dude, America sleeping. was just like, oh, this is fine. Like, just taking, like, even if they're not innocent lives, just like taking lives, he's like, ah, oh, it's, it's, it's for the greater good. I'm Captain America and I approve these murders. You know? Yeah, but like, they're, <laughs> they're French, so it's, uh, it's yeah, fine. It's right? yeah. Yeah. We've already determined this. We do get one scene on the boat that I didn't like. Uh-oh. Can we get uh, some? Uh-oh. Here we go. Uh-oh. Some air horns, but sad. Whoa. Sad air horns. It's Christian's didn't like corner where mm-hmm. he's on the boat and he's like having like a showdown with like the big uh, yeah. evil terrorist guy. And I forget exactly what the terrorist dude says to him, but he's like taunting him and like is like, uh, you need to fight me without your shield. He said, I thought you were more than a shield. I thought you were more Some, than it. Yeah. And then and then and then Captain America puts his shield down and like then starts like duking it out, which I just thought was really out of character for him because like his whole thing is that he's like, you know what, dude, the greater purpose is the important part. Mm. I'm not this like ego driven guy, like, you know, and that's like specifically why he was having tension with Tony Stark is because he's like this dude's so commanded by his ego and I'm not that way. And He's like written to not really be like that. And then there's just this one weird scene in the movie where some guy taunts him and then he's like, oh, I am. I'm going to do this ego driven thing. Like, and, and, and that just sort of felt like one of those, this is for the audience moments to me yeah. where they're like, it's an audience. It's like now the audience gets to see it, you know? And it just didn't feel like realistic to anything we've seen Captain America do up till that point. And then he like, doesn't really, Really have another moment like that so it's no, just it's just this weird thing you know what middle. it is it's that it's that french people are to steve rogers as what like <laughs> being called chicken is to marty mcfly like he yeah, just french, can't fr- he just can't handle that shit french dude. people are to steve rogers what pakistanis are to so iron, iron man, man. Oh, yeah. he, just, he yeah. just he just sees red he's dude. just like i oh, just can't man. fucking stand this guy Ooh, he's gonna get under my skin <laughs> well, we we've been on this boat for quite a while. So, yeah. uh what we do wrap up here with is Widow was actually sent to get information off of that boat uh and Cap is under the assumption that she has jeopardized the mission. Uh oh. Yeah, uh-oh. So, where is this going to lead to? Uh we get to see Shield headquarters, the yep. Triskelion, the the Tris the Triskelion. And this is one of the only moments in the movie where I was like, this is so obviously a green screen that it like kind of like took me out yeah. of it a little bit. Like I was hmm. like the, the, the green screen thing here was like they did not sell it, in my opinion. No. It was really, really obvious that it was two actors in front of a green screen. Hmm. That, that happens yeah, I guess a lot in Triskelion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, Triskelion. Tri, tri Triskelion, tri bro. They said it in tri- the movie. The- oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't believe <laughs> them. Um- <laughs> yeah, we also get to see, by the way, Captain America on a Harley Davidson motorcycle. Oh, yeah. It's another. He's a biker. Uh, he's a biker. He's, boy. A, he's a biker. Yeah. Yeah, uh, was... we get a nice, we get a nice, we get a nice uh, 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 scene of him riding this motorcycle with the Harley Davidson logo prominently featured, and I kind of wonder how much money they spent on that. Well, that's the only way that Cap would look cool, right? Right. So gotta, yeah, of course. You got yeah, to make like an all-American cool. kind of guy. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Fury shows us two things here. Uh, Fury shows us one. He shows us his eye uh, at some point here in the movie. But he, uh, the backstory he gives us a little bit is he said the last time he trusted someone, he lost an eye. Which was uh, dumb. But yeah. I didn't like that. I, I heard that and I, I was know. like, come on, I know. dude. There, like, there are a lot of lines in this movie. Where I was that's like, why yeah. I wrote that down. But we do get to see uh, what he calls Project Insight, which is three helicarriers uh, that basically, once they are in the air, they stay in the air using some Stark Industries propulsion systems uh, that Tony helped out with. Um, and Cap, you know what? He's not a big fan of this uh, governmental oversight. Uh, mm-hmm. And he makes that very well known to Fury. I mean, mm-hmm. it, this just kind of goes back to uh, how much military propaganda is enough military propaganda. But it, yeah. I mean, like, you know, they have Cap here as like a counterpoint <laughs> to it. So it kind of it, it's not as like ham fisted as it was in the first Captain America, because one of the things that I do like um, about captain america as a character like as he's written in the mcu is that he's not just like super patriot like yeah i'll just do whatever i'm told type of dude he's got like his set of values and if it means like if upholding that set of values means going against the government or the system then like so be it and yeah yeah, and this is this is where we're getting his first kind of thoughts as to uh, us leading up to civil war uh, in Cap's next movie. So this is kind of uh, uh, the first look at how Cap feels about the way that S.H.I.E.L.D. interacts with the world and the way that, you know, Fury is trying to keep us safe and in the future, you know, how Tony is trying to keep the world safe um, yeah. and how those go against Cap's values. So that'll be interesting. So he spends some time uh, trying to figure out what he's going to do where, you know, what does he stand for? What does he want to do? So he goes and visits his own museum, uh, in which again, no one recognizes him, uh, while yeah. he's sitting there watching the movie. Well, no, there's, a, there's, and... a, there, there's a kid. There's, there, there's like a, a single child in the museum who does recognize him. And then he has this scene where he like stares at the child and like winks at him or whatever. And it was just kind of like, Oh, okay. I like, I didn't really get the point of that, but you know, it's fine. Cause captain America's good with kids. That's, what they want yeah but also know. it's like it's like it's like to imply the existence of one child who would recognize him in this thing it's like surely there would be others right but sure. it's just there no, that but child's there perception stat was off the charts yeah, yeah actually did you guys know that that child was a uh, uh, spider-man oh, okay here we go oh, that's <laughs> Spider-Man? Uh, that's the, yeah it's crazy yeah um so he he checks out the bucky barnes memorial he's kind of reliving his past and then he goes and we realized that uh, he's visited Peggy, Peggy uh, Carter, Peggy Carter uh, who, which this is the this took me out completely. I Dude, couldn't. This like, was like the war. This was the most egregious shit in the entire movie for me. Yeah, this I was, was like, really bad. I was like, just hire an old lady. Dude. Like, I what know. the fuck? Like, it doesn't need. Yeah, to, so yeah. they actually did. They actually did hire an old lady. So they tried doing uh-huh. this this like old peggy carter thing a couple different ways um so they had her film her scenes um and then they wanted to do like a mix of cg and prosthetics like kind of how they did uh skinny steve in the first movie yeah. um 
So they wanted to do that, but then they were like, oh, all these prosthetics are like getting in the way of her performance. So they tried to do it with like a different younger actress and then that didn't work. And so what they actually ended up doing was they brought an actually like elderly actress to perform the lines. But then what they did was that they had her match the cadence of the performance that uh, I forget her Haley Atwell yeah um her performance they had her match and then what they did was they like kind of um projected the skin of the older lady onto Haley atwell's performance and dude it it's just weird because you could see her eyes and her teeth and the mouth yeah the way the mouth moves and then her voice doesn't really sell that it's coming from that body no, dude, it seriously, like, it was, like, on the level of, like, a Snapchat face filter. Like, yeah. it was, like, it, it, it was on that. Like, it was not good, dude. Like, like even, like, like the wrinkles, like, uh, like kind of around her mouth, like, move, like, in this, like, weird way where it's, like, they never, like, change their size. They just sort of, like, grow larger and smaller depending on where the mouth is. Like, it was not, that was not good. I didn't, and and it's so interesting because later, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I'll say, like, later in the movie, we get another scene it's just like a quick little flashback uh where we see skinny steve rogers again and the skinny steve rogers in this movie was like so much better than every skinny steve rogers scene that we had in the first one Mm -hmm. yep so it's like the technology has gotten better it's just weird that like this was the best that they could do for the final cut of the movie was this like grossly unrealistic looking old woman yeah that was yeah, you can't say anything. Yeah, I mean, I it was mean, just terrible. I think it was, there was it wasn't redeemable I'm at like, all. I'm gonna give them a cop out and say that they they didn't try. They didn't have like the time to put into this one scene, and they tried it a couple different times until they were like, "All right, we've spent enough time and resources trying to get yeah. this to work. Let's just go with whatever." And they yeah. they've already done the skinny Steve, so they already knew how to do that. You know. So right. to throw a counterpoint on that, it's like. This was supposed to be a really important moment for him. Yeah. Like getting this conversation with her was, I think, even more important than the skinny Steve recall, right? With sure. Bucky and him. Like mm-hmm. this should have been the moment where like he made a real conversation with Peggy that influenced him for the rest of this movie. And even if that may have been in there, it, it took me out completely because of just how terrible this CGI was on this. I know, and Dan, yeah. and you're not normally complaint about CGI guy either. No, like, I'm like, not. I feel like in the CGI conversations, it's normally me and John like picking things yeah. apart, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, I don't know. I just, I, I just thought the explosions were cool, you know." You- so it's like, so I, so, so I just want the audience to understand too that like, if Dan's clowning on your CGI, you probably fucked it, bro. Yeah, Dude, and it for sucks sure. too because this is one of those scenes that I'm like, I'm a sucker for these types of scenes, you know, like. Yeah. This would definitely hit me in my feels, but I like as soon as I saw it, I paused the movie and like looked up how they did it because I was like, this isn't the greatest, man. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, to wrap up his tour of uh, checking in with people, he visits Sam Wilson, who's uh, hosting a uh, event for uh, people who've come out of the uh, army or the military or wherever else they've come from to try to get them kind of 
functioning back in society, which was kind of an eye opener for Steve. Um, and so, you know, we see more of Steve and Sam kind of relating to each other and building a relationship here, which, uh, you know, I didn't really remember a lot of Steve and Sam's origin story together. And uh, seeing this movie really kind of solidified how close their relationship gets in the future. Um, sure. And it was, yeah, it was a cool thing to see the the building out of this relationship again from the start. Yep. We also, we also around this time, get an appearance of the hot girl in the MCU, the true <laughs> real supreme Hill. queen. Yeah, Maria Hill, shout out. Yeah, as soon as she Robert showed Chabatsky. up in the movie. I know. I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude! She's oh, yeah. my, she's my, she's my favorite hot girl in the." Because I think, and I think I said this like the first time she showed up, which was in the Avengers, I believe. But I like the fact that like she just exists and is just an attractive woman, and they don't have to like prove it to you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like she's just there and she's very pretty, and then and then we all just get the fuck over it. And I think that that might be the theme. Of me too, and I'm saying like this in regards to this movie as well as ones that we've seen in the past. The thing I liked about this, it's like I like the understated stuff. I like it when it's like it's just it's just you're just presented with something. You as the audience get to make your own mind up about it, and then we just move the fuck on to whatever's coming next. Mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, uh, your girl Robin is uh, uh, the true uh, hot girl of the MCU for that reason. She just shows up on screen. She says her line. She looks very good while she does it, and then we just blow past it and get on to the next thing, and it, it works. Referring to her as Robin instead of like Colby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's okay. Um, um, well, yeah. So this is, uh, yeah. And Maria Hill's called because uh, Fury is just pummeled by multiple police cars, a SWAT van, uh, this battering ram to try to take down the windows of his car. This so is. I Crazy a, th a thing scene. a thing I want to point out during this scene is we actually get uh, uh, a reoccurrence of one of my least favorite Marvel tropes. Can we get a little? Can we get the? Can we no, get some? Here we go. Can, okay, here we go. <laughs> hey, what's up, everyone? It's Christian's least favorite Marvel tropes corner. <laughs> yeah. Where okay. They do they do this thing during this scene where there's like percentages Loading that are thrown bars. in for yeah. like no yeah. fucking reason. It's like it's like they're pummeling the car and it's like car integrity at eighty two percent and he's like oh no and then it's like car integrity at sixty sixty it's sixty four percent now and he's like oh and it's like you know now it's at thirty nine per and it's just like. And it's like, it's a trope that they fall on a lot in these movies where it's like, okay, if you want to sell something as stressful, you just need an arbitrary number that just counts down and something bad, or it counts up in the case of like the Hulk's heart rate, for instance. It's like, that's an arbitrary number that counts up. It's like, you know, or, but like in the Tony Stark movies, it's like, oh no, your battery's draining. So that's a number counting down. But they just like, they just sort of throw out a random number you're to assume that if it gets too high or too low, something horrible is going to happen. And then they just keep feeding you that it's either increasing or it's decreasing, depending on what the bad thing is. And the person really needs to figure it out before it hits the other arbitrary number that you know is going to be bad when it hits. And they just like shamelessly do it again. And, yeah. I, and, and I would just ask that they stop. Just stop. It's like... 
Because they won't. Because the thing is, <laughs> you can just show damage to the fucking car without tying this shit. It's like the car's getting fucked up. It's like if they it, like if they removed this like AI thing talking to Fury, like I think it would have actually made it more intense because you as the audience are now like, oh no, like oh it looks like the car, you know, it's getting shot up and it's getting fucked up and like you know, and you're like, oh, when's it gonna, you know, I th like it's obvious that eventually something's going to give. Like you don't need to tell me that. Yeah, these these types of scenes happen a lot in these movies, um, but. It just, for me, it just it just makes me think about Community, uh, the TV series. Because right. we the, actually get an actor yeah. from Community well, in we this have, movie too. We have two actors wow. from Community actually, but because um, the Russo brothers did Community, right? Mm. So it's like a lot of the time, uh, whenever I watch Community, I'm like, oh, these guys are so good at like action scenes and like different genres and shit like that, and it's really funny in Community because they mold the episode so well into their di directorial style. Um, and it just like works as a comedy trying to copy this other genre. And then I'm like, they probably like amp it up if they get a big uh, feature film, right? Because it's no longer really a comedy trying to be a different genre. It's actually that action genre that they're trying to do sure. with a little bit of comedy. But as I'm watching this, I'm realizing, no, it's literally the same process. It's just now on a big screen because now I'm actually watching like a community episode with a bigger budget and their writing style, their directing, their directing style doesn't really change. It's still the same mm. quality. And it kind of like, I don't know if I like it, but it, it definitely feels like the Russo brothers when I'm watching this shit. Totally. Yeah, I've never watched Community, so there you go. Yeah, we also uh, get we also get a classic uh, uh, Marvel trope in the car too, where there's like a propulsion system that's like offline, and that's like a problem, and then and then arbitrarily, it's like the propulsion system comes back online. Like, and, well, he's got to reboot it, right? Have you tried yeah, turning I, it off and on again? <laughs> Right, but I'm just saying it's like it's like it, it it's just it's just fucking convenient. And this happens in all the Iron Man movies too, where it's like some part of Tony's suit doesn't work, but it will, but he he just needs to hold on until it does. Yeah. And then and then it's just like, "Oh, oh, just in the nick of time, it's back <laughs> online. You're good just to go." Just in the nick fury of time. Oh, Ooh, just in the nick ew. fury of time. All right. Yeah, there you Can go. we get some uh, fury anyway. horns? Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Um, but uh, this is where we get to see someone uh, with a mask on. Uh, someone who is going to uh, shoot a mine, I guess, underneath yeah. the car. It's a, it's it's a, a mine launcher. Grenade yeah. mine magnetic launcher thing. It does uh, that Yeah, it yeah. does that. And, uh, it's the Loki staff of mines. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah. uh and then uh when the mysterious person walks up to the car uh fury has dug a <laughs> hole under through shit. the ground that was... motherfucker are you kidding and it's me? not even the only time this happens like this is definitely uh, the worst 
the worst yeah. of it, but it happens later on where they burrow like a hole into a car yep. and escape. Mm-mm. Did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's just one of those moments where I'm watching a Marvel movie and I'm thinking to myself, well, God, ain't that just convenient? You yeah. Know? Yep. Uh, well, uh, Steve here is uh, headed home and uh, we see him flirting with the girl across the hall, uh, which is fine. She's uh, later revealed to be Agent 13, but they don't really focus too much on who she is uh, because that's a bigger backstory that will come in the future. Yeah. Um, this is more of just a quick intro to her. Um, in fact, I... I don't even know. I, they said her name one time, I think, at the end of the movie. Um, and I think that was yeah. Black Widow that said her name was Sharon, um, which is... Uh, oh, gross. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's not a good name. Well, yeah. Her last name's the more important part, which I don't think they share in this movie. So You don't think they're, they're not sharing it with us? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, they didn't thank you. share thank you very in. much, John. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we already right. covered it, Dan. Let's, move, right. on. Let's move on. Got it. Uh, all right. And so uh, the one thing I want to call out here, and I don't know, John, if you noticed the same thing, um, when she says the music's still on in your apartment and he goes inside. Of course. Uh, I, then of through course. the window, the music is a callback. Or a callback. I guess the music is the origin of a future callback, which I mm-hmm. did not remember at all. Uh, and this was really cool to see this music. Uh, in this scene, knowing that we're going to hear it again in the future. Yeah, I literally um, again, wrote just, in, my, in my notes, it's the song in all caps. It's the song, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is what's been really fun about rewatching this kind of MCU stuff again, is seeing all the things that get called out in future movies, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, we find that Fury is there, uh, and he's trusted cap if there's anyone who he's going to trust in this moment now that he realized that shield is compromised he's going to cap and uh he gets shot through the wall by the winter soldier Mm -hmm. um well that's what i'm calling him but i don't think in this moment yet that they've identified him no at this point it might be steve rogers is the winter soldier we don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's the just title a guy who us. looks yeah. like Jared sure. Leto, and he has a gun. Yeah, sure. It, yeah. it probably was Jared Leto. He does. It might have been Jared Leto. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, and it could be like the Winter Soldier later. I like to think that like there's actually two of them, and one is just Jared Leto playing himself. Yeah, <laughs> this this uh, this year I like to because when uh, when when Steve goes to chase down uh, uh, Jared Leto. Um, he jumps across to the next building over through these windows and then like pile drives through these doors in these huge explosive, like dude, just ramming. It was super yeah. this, sick. This sequence was cool too. Cause kind of going back to like what I was saying before about how there's a lot of shit in this movie. That's like understated. Like one of the things I noticed that actually like stuck with me and I really, it's like, he's like, he's running and like at a certain point he gets to this like 90 degree turn in a hallway and he like hits the wall and like makes yeah. a fucking crater in the wall yeah. and then just like bounces off and keeps running and it's like there's a lot of shit like that in the movie and it's like it's cool like that's cool because you're like showing the power of the character but you're not dwelling on it it's like yep. but the audience gets that this is like a strong guy and then we just again we just get the fuck on with our lives it's, <laughs> yeah. it's nice it's not like he wa- runs through that floor hits the wall while he's making the turn and then it turns to a janitor that goes 
uh, I'm gonna have to deal with that later. Also, right? the janitor no. Stanley. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, it, it be, because again, because again, like like uh, phase one, it would have been he hits the wall and keeps going. It would have turned to the janitor, and the janitor would have said, "Wow, this guy must be some kind of superhero because if a regular person <laughs> hit this wall, I, they'd be injured." But did you see that he made a crater in the wall, but he wasn't injured? That's uh, it, he maybe that's Captain America. You know, it's like it's just dumb, dude. Yeah. Like it's like it's it's cool when they just show the thing and then we're done it's like it's like here's this fun little thing let's let's keep going yep uh well so he catches up to winter soldier throws the shield and he grabs that shield like it's nothing throwing it back with just the most ease i mean it looked real sweet and cousin was a wake-up moment there for steve that uh maybe he's not the only super powered person hanging around uh that's trying to accomplish these missions so uh, Winter Soldier gets away, and now we're uh, checking in with Nick Fury at the hospital, uh, which is here where we see Black Widow start to show what her real kind of relationship has been with Fury, uh, which, again, was diving deeper into who Black Widow is as a person and uh, uh, diving into more backstory, which I liked. Yeah, and, uh, like, another thing I liked about, like, this part, too, actually, is, like, I thought that it was kind of cool how in this movie it's like every other instance of Nick Fury that you've seen up until this point, he's sort of just been this like one man army, total control of the situation. He has the one liners. He's like this badass. It's like what could, you know, and it's like kind of fun to show that like even Nick Fury himself is not untouchable at the end of the day this is the, the this is just a guy like you know and um and 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 I think that they've been doing this more in the movies that I've noticed uh in phase 2 where it's like like you know even these like supercharged characters there's still consequences for actions and it's not like they're literally indestructible because kind of up until this point Nick Fury has been presented as an indestructible character and then in this yeah. scene you sort of see that that's not really the case yeah for sure and uh as far as we can tell Nick Fury is dead that's it yeah. goodbye RIP yeah, it's over for you. Um, and so we get a uh, a conversation between Pierce, Director Pierce from Shield, and uh, and uh, and Cap during this moment where we're not a hundred percent sure that Pierce is on the right side yet. Mm-hmm. Like we're kind of it's it's not been revealed, but we kind of get these little hints that maybe he is friends with Fury and that he wants to do the right thing. But it kind of leaves off with him uh almost threatening cap like if you get in my way there's going to be a problem yeah. uh so but it was kind of it's interesting weird to leave this it's yeah a really it was, it weird was a weird, it's weird it was a weird well move. he also has like a weird line where he's like talking to cap and he's like why was nick in your apartment and then cap goes he told me not to trust anyone and then yeah pierce goes i wonder if that included him and i'm like what the fuck kind of line is that? Like, what do you, <laughs> why would someone tell you not to trust them? Like, it, it doesn't right. make any sense. And then they get shot through and, a wall. Yeah, yeah they dude. got shot through a wall. But then, like, 
after that line, he threatened Steve. He's like, "Don't get in my fucking way." And I'm like, "Okay, so you're not you're not a good guy." Like, dude, I also <laughs> want to say, and this is like a total like meta perspective of the actor. Something about old men with lip filler just cracks me the fuck up, and it's the only <laughs> thing I could pay attention to whenever I saw these piercings. Where I'm just like, "Bro, like you gotta fucking check the guy doing your lips because they went a little overboard for this movie." I'm like, "That is not what a human face is supposed." to look like yep that's robert redford bro yeah well it's robert uh uh, uh allergic reaction for he looks like he looks like he ate something that he was allergic <laughs> to anyway back to you dan yeah great uh <laughs> wonderful uh this is the big elevator fight scene uh, yeah. this is something that's remembered for quite a while in the MCU. This is a, uh, this is a really cool moment where we start to see more and more people piling on the elevator. Steve kind of recognizes one guy with his, uh, hand on his gun. Another guy comes in while they're talking. You see him start to sweat. Uh, and Steve just calls out the moment. Like, uh, before we get started, does anyone want to get off? Uh, not off, but like off the elevator. Uh, right, just like not like sexually. Yeah, no, yeah, like, like, hey, sexually. before we get started, would you like me to give all of you fellatio? I don't think yeah, that that's uh, what. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that's not what he meant. I'm pretty right. sure that's a different movie. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that we could be a hundred percent certain, but I think right. we're pretty sure that that's not what he meant. Um, no, honestly, dude. Yeah, listen. I'm gonna have my. I'm gonna have my. Uh, uh, Dan talking about the CGI of the old woman. Uh, moment. Uh, right now, legit. Gotta give it to it. This is a cool ass scene. I just like. I. I really no. No. No complaints. I thought the elevator scene was just tight. Like I like. Like the entire thing. It was fun. I thought that like. It was cool how they sort of raised the tension yeah. because it's like more people keep getting on. He's like, oh, what's happening? And I even thought that like, you know, the like the goofy magnet bracelet was like fun. It was like it was like legit just like this entire it was like choreographed nicely. It didn't really suffer from like the same issue of like the jumpiness that we saw on the bow. Mm. I mean, it was still pretty jumpy, but it's like you could still like follow what was happening the entire time. And then, you know, it ends with like, you know, a nice explosive exit. Like the whole thing was just, it was cool. I, I, I liked the elevator scene. Also, yeah. it syncs perfectly to the Freebird solo. So, hell yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was also a big fan of this. This uh, reminds me of the fight scene in, uh, I think, Daredevil season one in the stairwell, which I don't know uh, if you guys the... have seen that. The old boy reference? The no, stairwell. No, no, oh, the yeah, stairwell, I, I, not the hallway. Where it's like, yeah, uh, well, I guess leading into both. Kind of just what I'm kind of getting to is like a very small space to fight multiple people all at once. So kind yeah. of the hallway where he's like jumping over bodies and like stuff to take down other people. But yeah. Yeah, so, well, and yeah. it also, it forces like more creative cinematography too in situations like this, I think, because I think a thing that uh, I've called out a lot that uh, these movies have sort of suffered from up until now is this like, there's like a group of goons and then they sort of file in one at a time only yeah, to be bested yeah. and then the next one comes in and then there's two guys and then it's like, you know, and then there's one guy, but he's really big and then that's the end of the scene, you know, where it's like with this shit, like 
it actually makes them have to like uh, uh, sell it in like a different way. Because it's cool. Because you know, it's like in an elevator, and he's getting attacked by everybody at once, and it's like that's a much more interesting dynamic than like a Fight Club esque circle forming as people just get beaten up one at a time. Yeah, and it yeah, also definitely. it also solves the the issue of like group fight scenes where it's like a bunch of people just like dancing around in the background but not actually trying to fight right because in this one they're all constricted they're all under the same fucking circumstance so it's not like they can all attack them at the same time right they have to wait their turn like yeah. realistically so yeah and they didn't waste any time here so he jumps out of the elevator lands on the shield which even with superpowers, that shit had to fucking hurt. Like, that was a crazy fall. And then to land on that shield, which is not a pillow uh, at yeah. all, uh, was a pretty... And you felt that impact but those really when arms, though. Yeah, but those arms, but though? Those arms. Uh, and he heads right into this fighting of a jet sequence while he's riding out in his motorcycle, uh, which, again, was another really cool use of the shield. I feel like the, the CGI here was really good and how they, like bounced the shield off of the engines and like he took it down and then jumped off the backside of it i thought this whole moment was uh, uh really well done as well i think a thing i was like kind of noticing during this part too is that like and it's like again subtle a big thing i keep saying and like all the shit that i like but it's like even him like getting the shield back like it was really well done during this part, I thought, because it's like he keeps like the shield keeps like getting away from him, but it's not like this thing where it's like unrealistically just flying out of nowhere. It's like he has to collect the shield again every time, yeah. but it's like he's collecting it while he's doing other things. So it's not like he's just like throwing the shield and then it's like they're making a big deal about him needing to go get it back. It's like, it's like he keeps sort of subtly moving towards where the shield's going to be again and grabbing it, but it's kind yeah. of happening in the background of him doing all this other shit. And I just thought it was cool. It was like, it was handled well. Yeah. I think that yeah. a lot of uh, successful Captain America action scenes with the shield, um, the philosophy is that the shield is like its own character and yeah. not just like a tool, you know, it's like totally. they have to choreograph with the shield as like a focal point of it. Yeah. It works really totally. well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Cap and Widow head to the Apple store to try to get more information off of that flash drive. And wow, was this a uh, interesting moment here uh because yeah it was just you saw the genius bar logo in the background the guy with the apple shirt came up and flashed his badge that apple them. guy is uh one of the dudes that is a like extra he's not an extra but he's like a very minor character in community so also, yeah i read something about him like him and another person were like comedians that were cast on in these like little roles here for this movie yeah um he so this guy his name is dc pierce pearson or something like that i forget but he came up in the same like i i know i recognize him everywhere he came up in the same comedy group uh sketch comedy group as donald glover mm. um i used to watch their like youtube videos back in the day and i guess donald glover brought him on to the cast of community which is probably how he got into this movie as well. Yeah, that's for the community <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah, for the community podcast. 
um yeah so we get the apple store scene here uh and then they're obviously being tracked because they were able to get the location source of the data on the flash drive uh which is the camp that uh uh captain america was trained in uh and so they're trying to escape there they are uh they kiss on the escalator to make uh rumlow uncomfortable so he doesn't look their way which actually, I gotta say, like, I get the logic behind that. Yeah, that was yeah, like yeah. that was like a thing where I'm like, yeah, totally. If I was like trying to hunt down an assassin and I just saw two freaks making out on an <laughs> elevator, I'd be like, oh, sorry. Yeah. You know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they head to this camp uh, where the coordinates led them to, uh, where they see uh, pictures of Howard Stark, Peggy, uh, and Tommy Lee Jones, which I still can't remember his name, so I'm just calling it Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, general up guy. on the wall. Yeah, General Guy Tommy Lee Jones, as he's called. Um, here's a tech annoyance alert from me. Uh, 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 tech annoyance. Ayo. Um, even if they had something that could show the most pressed buttons on the code for the elevator, which is fine, like fingerprints, whatever, it wouldn't tell them the order in which it was pressed. Sure. So they would have the four digits, but they'd have to try it like four times whatever how many times you'd have to do it to test so they wouldn't just know so that was a little bit annoying to me it's like okay yeah, i get the lucky. fingerprints and i get that yeah sure but but they didn't because the software said what the code was um oh the software is just smarter than you yeah well i guess so so anyways i i don't know it's like yeah, it's I, stark tech bro yeah. <laughs> oh got it yeah, yeah it was based Tony on stark made it yeah, but he used the Loki staff to create it. Actually, he, yeah, so. yeah, he used it. Yeah, yeah, he harnessed the magic of Loki's staff to make his keypad decryption software. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we see this giant room with very old data banks and uh, a widescreen monitor from a long time ago from the seventies, which I don't think they ever made CRT monitors in widescreen. Another little tech nerd alert there. Um, why did they tech. have a CRT and widescreen? Oh, okay, got it. It was uh, yeah. Howard yeah. Stark widescreen special. Howard exactly. Stark widescreen CRT technology. I don't know. That was just a weird. That was a weird thing to me. Like they built this whole room to be very seventies and old school technology, and then the CRT is a widescreen. Like yeah. There, there wasn't any need for it to be a widescreen, like just right, like yeah, it's like it's like they could have just like they thematically got everything else. It's like yeah. they could have also just kept the CRT monitor thematically accurate, and it would have yeah. been fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah I it, agree. It, it just it stuck out to me like a sore thumb when we saw that because uh, I when I worked at Best Buy a very long time ago, I was there when we sold the last CRT monitor in the store for $18. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was for two weeks. This CRT sat on one table in the front of the computers department, just waiting for somebody to buy it. You know, uh, what would have been cool if instead of the widescreen, they just had like nine CRT monitors, like all like stacked yeah. on top of each that other. So, like get, that would have been really cool, actually. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So I don't know who decided on the widescreen, but I don't like them. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is where we find out that Zola was <clears throat> maintained through uploading his consciousness to uh, 100,000 databanks or some shit. Uh, and we're standing in the brain of Zola, who developed this 
algorithm uh, that's going to be used on the three helicarriers that they're putting in the space for Project Insight. Yeah, and I guess, you know, maybe to answer your question, they needed a widescreen monitor there so that Captain America could dramatically punch it for no reason. <laughs> yeah, and then there was another monitor next to it. And then he's like, all right, I'll leave this one, though. Right, I thought I thought that was stupid. He's, like, talking to the guy, and he's, like, he gets mad, and he, like, punches the monitor, but then it's, like, the monitor just, like, cracks as opposed to, like, flying off the motherfucking table, like, what really yeah. should have, you know, like, it's, like... That was just weird. Like, that scene felt out of place to me. Yeah. Well, it was weird, too, because after he punched it, he then asked more questions. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, like it's, oh, I'm mad, but, 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 as long but as also, we're let here. Me, yeah, let me ask you just a few more things. Uh, right, and I also, did. it's like, it's already been established that the guy's brain is, like, in the room. So, I mean, like, punching, it's like, it wouldn't really, like, even if there wasn't another monitor, it's like, he'd still just be, like, talking. Yeah. To the, it's like, well, it's not doing anything. Yeah, it's like people who hit their monitor when their computer isn't working fast enough. It's like right, the, yeah. the computer isn't in there, dude. Steve <laughs> Rogers was just pulling a Summit 1G. He'd been watching a little yeah. bit too much Summit. And yeah. yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I also thought, again, classic Marvel convenience, but I'm like, oh, thank God there was just like a great behind them that they could just jump into while the entire place was getting firebombed that made it so that like no negative consequences befell them anyway moving on you know it's just it's just it's just kind of like i don't know there's like other cooler ways i think that they could have handled that scenario but instead it's just like it's like this is he's, he's like a bond villain it's like this is the end for you captain america and he's like oh well i'm just gonna turn slightly and there's like a hole in the floor that i can just kind of go into and now i'm here and nothing bad happens to me and now we're and now we're out of here you know just like yeah. that whole thing just felt like disjointed to me like there was like a lot of stuff that just felt kind of clunky about that entire especially because like that dude is such a cool character like i really liked him in the first movie i kind of wish he had had like a better resurgence but it was sort of weird that he was just like hey check it out here's our evil plan and now i'm dead but you conveniently aren't and 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 you'll never hear from me again you know or will we yeah, I mean, maybe, but the way that they frame it in this movie is such that he's like, I'm committing suicide now yeah. after revealing my plot to you. Well, he does reveal that uh, Hydra has been growing within S.H.I.E.L.D. since almost the beginning. We also see quick notes of uh, people who they've killed to keep that secret, including Howard Stark, uh, which will be uh, something that we will hear more about in the future is what happened there. Also, can I say, too, that like... Hydra, I said it many times, dope as fuck in the first movie. My absolute favorite part of the first movie, like, it just, like, it doesn't hit the same way when it's just like a politician, like, leaning into another politician's ear and going, hail Hydra. Like, that shit was cringy. Like, Dude, it was. That shit is so funny. Yeah, it was just like, I was just like, this, like, I don't know, man. Like, you think they'd have like a handshake or something, you know? It's like, just like that shit. Like, I thought it was like, I mean, because when it's like, when it's like, when, like, when it's like a literal, like, military offshoot group of the, like, of the Nazis, it's kind of like, oh, okay, this, may but now we're like a hundred years in the future. And it's like, you guys couldn't, like, figure out some other fucking thing. It's like, you already have the little lapels. Like, isn't that enough? You need to, like, reaffirm how, it's like, I don't know. Just, it, it, it just felt weird. You gotta keep to the me, rituals like, alive, man. 
Yeah, I guess, man. It just it just it just felt like some like fan service shit. Like it's like it's like that that isn't how it would actually work. That's only happening because this is a movie. Well, I will say there is a, another time in the future of the MCU where someone whispers Hail Hydra, which is actually a, a good scene. Uh, sure. So we'll see. Um, and you know what? And far be it for me to doubt that. I'm just oh, saying yeah, yeah, that yeah. it was like the amount was, of time. It was not great. Yeah. Yeah. It was just it like I get like cringe. Like it was actually yeah. like I was like, ooh, oh, man. Oh, I wish you hadn't done that. You know, like also, by the way, at this point, I actually have some Allison thoughts. I got I got oh, I got some Allison yeah, thoughts down. If you guys want to hear it. Yeah. OK. <clears throat> can I get the can I get the oh, God, can I get the. Uh, all right, that, all right, yo, what's up? It's Christian's <laughs> Allison Thoughts Corner. At this point in the movie, um, I paused the movie and uh, looked at my wife, who actually stayed awake this time. Wow. So nice. good, uh, good, good, good for her. Um, and I and I said, "Hey, do you have some thoughts?" And th and this was and this was this was the Allison Thoughts. So let's go. <clears throat> For the budget uh, they had, uh, there are a lot of questionable wigs to pay toppers, <laughs> if you will. Pierce okay. uh, looks like hot trash. Absolutely loved the old lady. Thrilling. Most action in the whole film so far. Like they got the makeup artist from Michael Jackson's hit, Thriller. That's how thrilled I was to see it. ScarJo's <laughs> wig ain't all that either. She's just hot, so it doesn't matter. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a perspective that none of us would have brought to the table. Dude, no, but sure. there, but no, there was like a point, and to, like I like I I was like watching with Allison, and she was like, and she was like, "Yo, uh, Captain America's front lace is showing," and I was like, "What the fuck? Like, what does that mean?" And she was like, "Go back," and we paused the movie, and she showed me that there's like a tiny separation oh, no. between like his hair and like where the wig is actually affixed, and it was just mm. this like one scene. But it's funny because she just like notices all that stuff, and yeah. um, yeah, and and then every time a bad wig would show up in the movie, she'd be like, "There's another example." I didn't catch it either, but after watching this film with Allison, I gotta say, a lot of bad wigs. Like now, I'm trained to see yeah, it, and yeah. I and and I get her <laughs> point. Um, so this is a weird moment here. Uh, that we get the reveal of Winter Soldier just with no fanfare like we get into director pierce's house he's on the phone or whatever he turns and there's bucky sitting at the table with his mask off just like oh okay so it's bucky like if we didn't know before we definitely know now and it was yeah. just like i don't know it felt like maybe there was a deleted scene we missed or something that didn't make it in but am i the only one who thought that that was like a weird kind of non-climactic way to show who he was no uh, i i i yes. agree with you i mean i think it is like they do this whole sort of like you know unhinged super soldier thing and then it's like there is no sort of dramatic moment where it's like it's but it's just like it's just kind of like flowing into the entire story like at this point i was like oh shit is this guy here to like fuck up pierce is like something weird happening here yeah. you know like and then it's just like the scene just kind of like ends with him like shooting his fucking like <laughs> yeah, uh, the maid renata right where even then i'm just kind of like uh was, like that yeah was this before or after the scene the knife fight scene this is 
uh, before the knife fight scene. Oh, okay. Huh. You would think it would come after. Yeah, the Bucky reveals later, where uh, the Bucky reveal to Cap is after this. Maybe, right. maybe they're just banking on you not even recognizing him because of the, the hair and all that. No, because the they show... I mean, the way that his face is lit up is like they want you to look at his face. It's not like even the shadows like coming over his face or something, but like his face is in plain lit up view in that moment, which uh, again, just seemed like an interesting, hmm. but also not interesting way to reveal Bucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. We also, so, this is a uh -oh, minor nitpick. Here uh -huh. we go. Uh, uh -huh. Like after this uh, uh, captain and uh, uh, widow show up at like Falcon's house, and it's just this weird thing where it's like, oh, you just like know where he lives, like, but like, you yeah. Know, and it's I, like, I stopped to point this out too. Yeah, it's like it's like it kind of at no point was it ever like because he was like, hey, you should stop by the meeting sometimes. That had already sort of been established, and like m maybe I could assume that like they talked at the meeting off screen, and he was like, also here's sure. my home address. But that's even like kind of weird. Like it, like it, like they just sort of show up and they're like, Hey, we need to come in. And he's like, Oh yeah, of course. But like, you know, their relationship hadn't really been established at this point right. as like, we've swapped home addresses and we're like, you know, great. But it was sort of like, it was, it was kind of like, they were like building to a friendship. And then like now suddenly they just are friends. Like, and, and, and we missed this so, little gap there. So, well, go ahead. I, I don't think that they're friends. I think that they've established a relationship that is focused in kind of doing the job and getting things done and like that kind of camaraderie they've built out of their military experience that they didn't come as friends. They came as people on a mission who needed help with that mission, knowing that Sam would help with that. Right. Yeah. I also don't think it's too crazy to think that they weren't able to just find sam's address like yeah that's they it. were just hacking a flash drive to try to get the encrypted location of where the source of the data came from and we're talking about like finding an address for someone that they know the first and last name for was in the military like all that kind of stuff so didn't seem like a super stretch to me to think that they would find that and that they would go to sam as someone who would help them with their their mission you know yeah. and also sure. uh to me it felt like one of those moments where like you meet someone that you like you know you fucking click with right yeah and it's like there doesn't always need to be that like gradual build up to a friendship sometimes i feel like this situation is one of those times where it's like i n need something and this person can help me out with it and it's one of those like leaps of faith and yeah. you're just hoping that they like extend their arm out to to like catch you you know and it kind of yeah, like builds sure. up their, it it like exponentially increases the buildup of their relationship from there. Yeah, I feel that. And I mean, again, that's sort of why I framed this as a minor, minor. nitpick. Yeah. It's minor, you know, but again, it, it, it was a little jaw. Like I, like when I saw this, I was wondering if I had missed something or if I wasn't remembering something, but it's like, they just sort of show up at the house and it's just like, yeah. Hey, we're here now, you know? And I don't think I missed anything. I think that they just kind of teleport to his place. 
minor. I hardly knew her. (laughs) (laughs) Good one, Dan. Okay. Uh, Great. Uh, This is where we also find out that Sam is the Falcon, uh, and he shows the little packet that has the Falcon project on it uh, where he needs to go. Uh, pick up something. He said he was a pilot. No, he never said pilot. He never uh, said pilot. Yeah, and so uh, Sam's joining the crew. Also, uh, I just want to point out, you know, I just want to put some light on this, that, like, they come into the house and, like, kind of tidy up. They, like, shower and whatever, and this is normally the point in a movie between the main male protagonist and his female companion where they would, like, have a heart to heart, and then they would like kiss romantically this time, you know, but they don't do that, and they very like clearly establish um Steve and Natasha's relationship as like friends, and yeah. not as anything more than that when and I, I really like that too like that. that there wasn't any forced romantical stuff in this in this movie, you know, like it was really focused on friendships between. Sam and Cap between Cap and Natasha like it it didn't you know because you could have easily taken it that route yeah. between Cap and and uh, Widow so yeah I agree it was it was a cool kind of shift in the normal kind of movie structure uh, to really solidify those two as becoming actual friends yeah uh, this is the Hail Hydra whispered into the R.I.P. Gary Shandling yeah. yeah yeah it's not good dude again it's I was not. just like ugh. Yeah. It's not. It's Jeez. not. I laugh every um, single time. Yeah. yeah, it just it felt uncomfortable. It did. Um, but we also see now that uh Falcon's got his wings, they're gonna go uh grab that guy, uh, which was the councilman or I don't know, the bald guy was Stillwell, I think it was his name. <sighs> I don't know. I hate that guy's face. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there was something about him, but uh, one thing that he did do during this moment where they're interrogating him uh, to try to get information uh, is he mentions a few people that are also under the radar uh, for that algorithm that Zola came up with, uh, mentioning people like Bruce Banner. Oh, uh, my God. And also Stephen Strange, which mm-hmm. uh, later on, well, uh, uh, you know, Dr. Strange, obviously. And this is a weird moment because... Oh. Oh. Okay. He hasn't, in the timeline of the MCU, become Doctor Strange yet. So the only way you could assume that he's on that list is because their algorithm, again, is trying to predict future problems for them. Uh, and that That's somehow they know that Steven's... Tra- I mean, yeah, it has to be because, again, <laughs> we'll find out in the future that the timeline doesn't line up between when he becomes the hero Doctor Strange and the timeline of this movie. So, um, but it was kind of a call out to say like, hey, MCU, this person's coming. Like we're referencing him now and Stephen Strange is going to be part of this universe. Right. Yeah. Um, And so they talk about Zola's algorithm. They talk about all the data that they're using, which is uh, uh, kind of a funny moment here to reference the real world of just how much data is out there on every single human being and, uh, it wasn't too far away from the truth of today. Uh, cameras and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and all this shit being used to uh, find potential future problems here for uh, utilizing these helicarriers. This is where we get uh, another sighting of the Winter Soldier. Um, and this, yeah, 
This is yeah, on this that. Is, and this is and this is the Winter Soldier reveal. Like, yeah, this is the this, this is the big yeah. the big old fight. Uh, but what was sick was when he was on the car and then they break, uh, and he flies off and he does this like landing where he like digs his hand into the ground to pull him from uh from falling forward. Yeah. I thought this yeah. was a a really cool like moment. Again, every kind of action sequence in this movie you feel the impact of what right. they're doing the environment reacts appropriately their their movements the way he was scraping the ground to stop himself it all felt really good unlike you know a previous movie where it would have just been them landing perfectly with no momentum you know right and i mean and and and, and i think to that point too i mean it really sort of like illustrates like some of the problems I had with like Thor, for example, like the first yeah. Thor movie where it's like, I almost couldn't like quite put it into words until I like see this movie. And I'm like, Oh, that's like it, like it didn't feel right in Thor. Cause it's like the shit he's doing seems disproportionate to the impact that it's having. Like, whereas in this one, like everything felt nice. I mean, not every, they were, they, they took some sure. creative liberties here and there, but by and large, it's like everything felt pretty proportionate again, mm -hmm. captain punching the monitor as an example, <laughs> like, like there, like there are moments where it, it's not that, but it, but they paid attention to it this time, which was good. Yeah, like Cap getting shot by the grenade launcher yeah. uh, by uh, by Winter Soldier, and he gets, like, blown off the side of the freeway and hits the bus and knocks that shit all over. Uh, that was that was a, a cool moment here. And so we get a little bit of Natasha versus uh, Winter Soldier while Cap's trying to get his shit back together. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But really what we're leading up to here is the Winter Soldier versus Cap moment uh, and the big Bucky reveal. After Nat is shot... Uh, she gets her kind of escape in this moment, which leads them to uh, this kind of larger fight, which is now the knife play. Uh, yeah, we right. get to see the knife play work, which again, yeah, this this was just really great. Uh, I'm not normally one who's like into just tons of action sequences with no like story to kind of keep it moving. But these longer action sequences really held me in uh, through yeah, these moments. Same. I thought they were great. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, legit. Like, I don't, like, you know, I don't, I know I'm being, like, kind of quiet. Like, oh, it's like, I don't even really have that much to say about this part other than the fact that I'm just like, yeah, it was good. Like, I don't know. Felt appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Like, whatever. It was chill. I found myself in some of these moments, like, forgetting to take notes. So there were yeah. a couple moments where I just had to, like, rewind and make sure I caught things because... Mm -hmm. I was just really enamored by like all these sweet sequences and trying to keep up with what was going on. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we get the Bucky reveal, which finally Cap realizes that it's him. Uh, and you can tell in this moment that uh, Bucky kind of breaks a little bit when he realizes that he's called Bucky and like that it's waking up something inside of him. Uh, and and this like rattles uh, Steve quite a lot in this moment, which kind of ends the... Uh, uh, ends the fight. Um, Cap, Sam, and uh, Nat are all taken into custody for yep. Hydra and Shield. Yep. And then we get another appearance of the hot girl. She's back. <laughs> Shout outs. I made. I yeah. made. I made a note of that. I was pretty. I was pretty pumped. We also get um one of my least favorite scenes in the movie. Actually, uh, uh hmm. coming out coming out of like oh, yeah? this next part where they um. It's like they're kind of like going into Bucky's backstory a little bit um, and about like, you know, how he was sort of picked up by Hydra and his mind was wiped and now he's this monster. And we sure. get like 
kind of this like throwback to and i hate to say it but it needs to be said the hulk the intro like <laughs> scene of the hulk where we get this weird unnecessary feeling first person view of him like waking up with like cgi hands right. and he's like choking someone with them yeah. and i and like and i was just like i didn't like that at all really it's like i don't know it felt clunky it's like you know, you could have shown that so many other ways, but it's like you need, you know, it's like it's him. And they're like, ah, ah the operation was a success. And then he's like, and then he's just like choking them. But like sure. it's first person. Like, I don't know. It was fucking strange. It was just weird. It's like it felt jarring to me. Yeah, and then in the background of one of the shots, Bruce Banner is there, and he says, you better not get me angry. Because... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you think he's bad <laughs> yeah. when he's angry. Just wait you wanna... till you see what would wait happen if the I... Other guy. Yeah. You don't want it like, oh, man, if my if I hit 200 BPM, it, oh, boy, <laughs> you, would, you would not want to see that, I think. Yep, yep. Uh, well, we uh, we do find out that Fury did fake his death. In uh, another nod to Bruce Banner here, who uh, uh, they provided uh, a pill or something that slowed his heart rate down to one beat per minute. Right. Uh, developed by Bruce Banner, obviously. Developed by Bruce Banner. I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> when his heart rate goes up, uh, <laughs> he sometimes turns into the Hulk. Right. Yeah. I actually yeah. had forgotten about that. Okay, and cool. then I and then and then they drew more attention to it in this movie and I remembered again. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's. I'm just. I'm really glad they reminded us. Also, quick note that the doctor in that facility uh, is Anthony Russo, uh, one of the directors. Is it Anthony of or is the, it Joe? It's one of them. Okay, for sure. It's. <laughs> I think it's Anthony, it's, but his, his maybe name is like Doctor Fine or something like that in the credits, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know who that is, but yeah, he, you know, yeah, he's uh, he shows up in almost everything that he does he like puts himself in his own movies which again hey whatever i guess um, kind of like was... kind of like a, a a meta point again but like sort of around here i kind of found myself thinking like you know she like okay so shield's been compromised by hydra like whatever i can buy that but like what but like why hire nick fury like and i get that they sort of have like a moment later where he's like why me and it's like well because you're the best at what you do but that just seems like a weird explanation for me like i'm just like i think their plan like kind of would have gone off without a hitch but even then it's like sort of like how involved is hydra versus how involved aren't they because i was kind of like i was kind of like oh no like shield's been compromised now hydra's running the show but then like captain america is like your organization has been taken over by hydra and there's like enough people in it that like aren't hydra that then they're like oh that's not good we've been doing things for hydra the entire time and so it's kind of like how powerful is hydra it's like they're powerful enough that they can like uh, infiltrate one of like the largest defense security things in the world and like make their own algorithms and start making plays to like take out any and all who oppose them but then like they couldn't possibly foresee the hiring of nick fury being like an issue there or they couldn't like clean house of the people who weren't hydra before it was time to enact their evil plan like it just felt a little incongruent to me i guess like i like i was sort of confused at this point as to like what 
the power level of Hydra actually was because they sort of simultaneously seem to be like lethally competent and like comically incompetent at the same time and it was like at this point a switch sort of flipped into the comically incompetent part and i just sort of noticed it sure yeah i have uh, nothing to say about that that's yeah I mean, that's that's just yeah. fair yeah it's fair it's hard to <laughs> yeah. it's also hard to kind of determine because it's been 70 years of it right so sure. like it's not like they did this over the course of three years very right. stealthily. It's like, you know, there was a lot of very slow movement to get to where they were in that point. Yeah, for sure. I guess I'm just saying it's like they got to the top, but then they couldn't, like, I don't know, cross their T's and dot their I's. But but also they did, like, like they did it with, like, relentless efficiency in some places, but then in other places, there are just these giant gaping holes in their plan that, like, no one ever was like, hey, maybe we do something about this. You know, like, I well, don't know. also, the Death Star had a self destruct button, essentially, that you could trigger by shooting a hole from the outside. Yeah, of but it, they so. explained it. That, that, yeah. that, was, uh, that was part of the plans from someone who wanted the Death Star to have a weakness. Okay, sure. Right. I'm sure it was. Um, yep. and, anyways. <laughs> um so they determine that uh as they talk fury hill nat steve sam uh that not only are they looking to take down those carriers but shield needs to go not yeah. just hydra but also shield and looks like cap's in charge now oh uh, yeah which is where we get the little small steve flashback scene here and again yeah the small steve moments here uh his head didn't feel overly large and it also I wonder if they took this advice from you, Christian, specifically. They went yeah, back in you. time, like right. into the future, and then went back to uh, fix his like jawline yeah. a bit. Right? Yeah, totally, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like it didn't feel like he was super buff, Steve. Yeah, I said it. I said it earlier, but I was like, I was pleasantly surprised by this flashback. I was yeah. like, hey, dude, that works. You know, whatever the fuck. Like it's like, and beyond even works. I mean, it was like. It was like beyond serviceable. Like I was yeah. actually like, oh, this is like good. This is like beyond what it was in the first movie, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Uh look, Cap's gonna need a, a suit of armor here for his uh he's gonna need a uniform for this mission. And he goes to the museum and steals his original uniform uh for this uh upcoming mission. And uh oh, Stan uh -oh. Lee's gonna get fired now. Oh, Wouldn't no. you know it? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, um, and so they break into the triskelion tricycle, and yeah, they yeah they break into the tricycle factory. Yeah, the tricycle factory, uh, and this is a, a big cap speech. Uh, this is what Captain America does. He just comes up with these speeches off the top of his head, and uh, we're gonna see more speeches from Cap in the future, which inspire the world to sure. do good yeah uh and it definitely inspires some people here to uh help the cause that's his real uh, superpower and i mean this was like, like this was just like another kind of one of those like weird moments for me where again it's like i feel you just got to kind of suspend disbelief for this entire thing because it's like there's this like wanted fugitive and like all hands on deck they're like hunting him down like the organization is completely compromised they've all been fed propaganda that like you know this dude is is the real menace and it's like you know and like everyone's kind of been hunting him 
him. And then he like breaks into their facility and then goes on the intercoms and he's like, actually, I'm not the bad guy. These other people are the 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 bad guy. And everyone's like, oh, fuck, I guess I never thought about it like that. Like, you're right. We are behind you. now. And again, it was just kind of this thing where I'm like, uh, like, oh, OK, uh, you sure. Fuck it. Why not? But it felt a little convenient. It was a little it was a, it was a little convenient that it went down like that. Sure. But again, that's his superpower, is convincing people with speeches. Right, his superpower is just making everyone feel so patriotic that they have to listen to what he says. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, the guy tries to go against his orders uh, against Rumlow uh, and won't launch the helicarriers and then causes a giant gunfight to break out in that launch room. Uh, And Sharon, uh, well, not Sharon yet, Agent 13 uh, steps in to put her gun to Rumlow's face to to try to back him down. He ends up overriding it anyways. So the whole thing didn't matter. <laughs> yep. The helicarriers have launched. And now we get into the the ending of this movie. The the last major fights and helicarriers and action sequences. Uh and the goal here is to get this disc into all three helicarriers to take them all down against each other video game quest yeah yeah yeah, for (laughs) sure this is the final quest like because i've been playing final fantasy and i couldn't even help i like i no i just i noticed it's like (laughs) even like the chips it's like it's like the end game raid currency in final fantasy and so it's like and it's like just to John's point, I'm like, yeah, it's it, it is it is it is a quintessential video game quest. It's like, yeah. oh shit, there's like three things you need to put the chip in three places, or else everyone dies. Yeah. Okay, nerd. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, well they get two helicarriers handled no problem the helicarriers those two easy but third is going to be a little bit more of a problem but while this is all happening uh there's a big reveal here in the moment so pierce after it's revealed that hydra has taken over uh pierce takes a hold of all those diplomats in the uh the conference room that they're in but turns out one of them was not who they seemed. Oh my God, Holy. yeah. And we've got a little face-changing technology, which again, this is not the last time we will see this face-changing technology uh, in the MCU. Uh, and it was Natasha the whole time. Suck it, wow. Pierce. Uh, and so she's held him uh, under uh, a gun to try to get the helicarriers disabled or do whatever she can to make that happen. And uh Pierce says, oh, but we need two alpha level uh, employees Uh to handle this. Foiled your plan. (laughs) Yeah, two of them are needed. Oh, but there's company coming in a helicopter looking real dope. It's Fury. It's Nick Fury. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Suck it, Pierce. That's what I wrote in my notes. I said, suck it, Pierce. Yeah. Uh, Fury's <laughs> here to ruin your day. Yeah. I also feel like, I mean, he has those like lapel bombs on everyone, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Which, I, like, if it was me, like, the minute 
anyone punched me in the face, I would just set those off instantly. Like that would be, that would be, that would be the first thing I did. It's like, I would be like, oh, okay. I kind of have good. It's like, why even have the lapel bombs? If not uh, saving them for an instance where one of the people in the room physically attacks you. Like, isn't that when you like, it's like, it's kind of weird. Cause that whole thing happens. And then it's like this lead up to this dramatic reveal that he's actually placed bombs on everybody. But it's like, just like, just, just you're that you're being attacked. Isn't that the whole fucking reason that you have the bombs, dude? Just set them off. Uh, he couldn't trigger face ID on his phone. He had to hold his phone up so he couldn't get oh, it out of his pocket. Okay, That's, got it. Yeah. Okay, That's, sick. You're right. Never mind. That makes complete sense now. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we do get the eye reveal here from Fury, uh, which shows his dead eye, which tech this, annoyance yeah. alert here like okay if they deregistered his account that means all of his facial scans would have been taken out including his dead eye like they, yeah. that that's not it's not like they disabled left eye only <laughs> like they just forgot <sighs> the other eye existed dude yeah <laughs> they're like oh we don't need to disable his right eye because that doesn't exist anymore yeah yeah he like, has an uh, no that, that right. eye is blind it doesn't it doesn't do anything no. Oh, is that what that means? Third eye blind? Is that what that that's, is? Yeah. Oh, that's that. Okay, that's that got band. it. That's that band, yeah. yeah. Um, Winter Soldier is tearing things apart uh, and rips off Falcon's wing. Uh, and also, I realized in this moment as I was watching Falcon uh, kind of fly through the air and do this fight with Winter Soldier, uh, it's amazing how much these wings change in the future. I totally forgot that these were kind of like the first wings. They're very, like industrial and like not well like kind of built out no real color or anything i kind of yeah. liked the the early design of these wings a lot but man it gets uh, a lot more smooth in the future i didn't realize how, like how clunky these wings looked in this movie yeah. too and they they kind of really did a good job selling the fact that like the falcon could be a cool action character because yeah. going into the movie i was thinking how the hell are they going to make a flying a dude with like giant robot wings like cool to watch fight but sure. his his transitions between like um non-wing combat to jumping off of things and like folding them out and then he goes into like yep. dog fights and then he folds folds them back in like flips onto the ground like yeah and i i i actually I totally agree with you. Like, I think that Falcon was by far the lamest part of the movie, and it still, like, wasn't that lame, you know? Like, it was, like, it, it you know what I mean? It was, like, in comparison to everything else, like, Falcon kind of sucks, but, like, he's okay, you know? Like, it's, like, because I, I sort of had, like, when I saw the wing reveal, he's, like, shung, and the wings come out, I was, like, oh, boy, here we go. This is going to be dumb as fuck. And then okay. he actually gets to doing shit, and I'm, like oh that's fine actually but it was better than the crossbow reveal from hawkeye oh, much way much way better, better than the crossbow <laughs> reveal from hawkeye yeah. now if falcon's wings popped out and they like they flopped yeah. around for a <laughs> yeah. second i don't know i might like them more <laughs> oh god or if his the entire flew, body like shudders every time it's like they yeah, come out and he's like oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah or the way that he flew was not like with jets but it was his wings would flap <laughs> they would that flap yeah. oh god yeah that would have been nice um yeah. uh so the helicarrier is now firing up they're getting their targets and we're at the uh, final fight with Bucky and Cap. Uh, well, but and I, like I want to say, like too, on the firing aspect of the entire thing, that like it's 
kind of more like classic like Marvel shit too where again there's sort of this like nebulous like count up and then like eventually something's going to happen at the end and then it's like oh no you need to like fix it before this thing happens but this movie does like kind of an egregious thing uh, in my opinion and I think it happens before the final fight if it happens afterwards then I'm maybe going a little bit out of order but I want to point it out anyway where it's like sir all targets acquired and then he's like okay firing in three two one and then like captain america like gets the shit shut down and then and then and they're like, like whoa no we lost the targets like, where are the targets <laughs> right exactly yeah and it's just like just fire the fucking thing like what the fuck was well, that dumb scene that was so dumb dude. it has like, to charge up Right. Well, but Come okay, on. but 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 it did. That was the whole thing it was doing before, and then it's charged, and then he's like, because he's like, all targets acquired, the thing is charged, and he's like, okay, well now we're just gonna arbitrarily wait three seconds before we launch the super weapon that the guy is trying to take out. It was just like a get. It was just it was just meaningless. Like just it, they, it I'm a like, buffer in case they decided to change their mind and become good guys instead. Right. Yeah. For sure. It's like hey, it's it's not too late. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, that was after the final fight. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. But, no, no. I was it's thinking fine. about it. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I, this this now really is more of just a uh, a conversation of this fight being sweet like yeah cool. uh getting to see this happen now uh one moment that happens here during the fight is that one of the helicarriers starts to go into one of the buildings and sam is running out trying to get away rumlow is captured underneath the rubble of the building and so sam is running out and goes i'm on the 41st floor come get me and so fury is flying the helicopter towards him and sam jumps out now we get our first instance of jumping into Ooh, yeah, jumping true. into a jumping helicopter. Into a helicopter. Yeah. I yeah. know. And I think they put it there specifically because we have been calling right. out. They went into the future, heard our podcast, then went back and said we gotta put this in. Right. Um, but yeah, so I thought that, that was great. Jumping into a helicopter this time. Um but yeah, I think it just Overall, this is where uh, Bucky and Cap are just duking it out. Cap at some point just decides, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna keep fighting you. You're my friend, Bucky. Uh, but Bucky uh, isn't listening, and this is, you know, real sad for Cap. It's just you do see the destruction that that metal arm does to Cap's face, though. And I yes. did like seeing injuries on Captain America like that because I think. This might be one of the only times we see that kind of physical breakdown of being destroyed by someone like that. Yeah, sure. And this is like one of the only times we ever see him get shot and like yeah. actually bleed. He was bleeding multiple times. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's human, guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I thought I thought and I agree. I mean, I thought that this was like a cool climactic finale. And I know I keep sort of like comparing this movie to previous ones, but what's the fucking point of this podcast, I guess, if I'm not going to do that? But like it 
it, it fixed another issue that I think a lot of older like Marvel movies have where sort of to your point, Dan, it's like they're actually like sort of doing damage to each other where it like it's not like, you know, your classic Iron Man scene where two guys in suits are just punching each other and like nothing's really happening and it doesn't matter anyway. It's like, I mean, you, you know, again, you see this and there's like stakes there's like injuries yeah. involved and like things might go wrong. I mean, they're not going to go wrong because it's a fucking Captain America and they're not going to end the Captain America movie by like Bucky pounding his brain into like a fucking thin paste or whatever, but sure. still, nice but at least day. like something's happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, this ends with Steve taking down the final helicarrier as that countdown's happening. Thank goodness right. for the countdown. Yeah, thank uh, God. Because, dude, yeah. if that guy had not gone <laughs> three, <laughs> two, then everything would have been fucked. But fortunately, yep. that's not what happened. Yeah. Uh, and then Bucky uh, pulls Cap out of the water and takes off. Uh, and that's the last we'll see of the uh, Winter Soldier for this moment. Uh, and now we get kind of the wrap-up of the movie. We see Sam in the hospital waiting for Steve, and we see a sweet shot of an iPhone uh, 4, I think, playing Marvin Gaye. Uh, really, like, just big picture of an iPhone on the screen, which, uh, again, was pretty funny to see all the Apple stuff in this movie. Um, but yeah, so we see uh, him in the hospital. Things start to wrap up. Nat's at Capitol Hill. She's talking to uh, uh, these general politicians, people that want to know about where Cap is and what happened and why we shouldn't arrest Natasha and them. And it's because, you know what? We need them. We, we need will. Them. Need, we, we just yeah. do. They're the Avengers. Uh, they're above the law. So we're going to need them in the future. So they're not going to arrest her. Uh, and then Fury is setting some stuff on fire. Just just stuff that exists, I guess, that including his eye patch, because you got to set that on fire. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> at the, the end of the movie, you got to be really dramatic. <laughs> yeah, and so they all meet at his grave uh, where they discuss kind of next steps. Fury's heading over to Europe. Uh, Nat grabs information about Bucky's program, the thing that he went through to become the Winter Soldier. Uh, and it seems that is the next mission for uh, Cap and Sam, is they're going to find out what happened to Bucky and where he is now and how they Hell can yeah. help him. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. Get a little, get a little, uh, get a little, get a little mid credit scene here. Um, yeah, and we get our favorite prop yeah, of uh, the, the MCU. MCU, bro. I was like, I was like, kind of on board with this, and then it's like, and then it's like, all of a sudden they're like, oh, actually, like Loki's staff is gonna make an appearance. And this, by the way, I've been spoiled on various points of the MCU, right? Sure. Like, uh, you know, just because it's existed in pop culture for so long, but. A reoccurrence of Loki's staff <laughs> was a shocking turn of it. I had no idea. Yeah. I really thought we had seen the last of this. I did not know that they were going to be reintroducing that staff again. Uh, all I can hope is that if we see it in the future, it's handled a little bit better than it was in the Avengers, but I'm not sure. super hopeful. So we'll, we'll, we'll see where the future takes us. Yeah, so what we know is that they're utilizing a mixture of the staff and other kind of mythical things to potentially make 
uh, super-powered beings, which is where we see Quicksilver and Wanda, right. who are twins, uh, and will play a role in upcoming movies. And this was kind of a big reveal here to see these two show up, because, uh, yeah, Wanda, the you know known as the Scarlet Witch in the comic universe, uh, is a it's a big character to introduce here to the MCU. Sure, Quicksilver, the first super speed uh, uh, hero that we've seen, I think, in the MCU so far. So mm -hmm. another cool one there to see. Yeah. And then uh, an end credit scene. Did you catch this as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get uh, your boy Bucky uh, going to the Captain America Museum and reading his own biopic to try to understand a little bit about his past and what led him there. And then we get a chilling close-up on his face as sad truths begin to finally dawn upon him. And then the movie's over. Yeah, you should have narrated that part. Yeah. That Thank you very much. Yeah. I agree. I should have. Wow. Well, we made it. We yeah, made we it did through it, another dude. Captain America movie. Yeah, yeah, shout outs, guys. Uh, time for uh, uh, what we liked, what we didn't like, and then uh, some final thoughts from John uh, along with uh, 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 some ratings. Oh, so, yeah. Sure. I know I uh, uh, kind of, I've been, I've, been, I've been sort of saying this the entire time. I think like maybe the theme of the thing that I found the most positive about this movie is again, I feel like it's a nice step in the direction of things being left a bit understated. Uh, I think that when you have a film like this, it's like one of the points I've harped on a lot during this podcast is the fact that it's like they, it treats the audience like weird idiots and you need to like go really far out of your way to explain every single piece of minutia or perhaps someone in the theater will be left wanting. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, there's like a time and a place for that, I guess. Again, this movie falls into that at points for sure. There are things that like that could have been understated that aren't. Again, I think probably the most egregious example to me is the scene of Nick Fury in the car. Like that was just goofy, like, you know, whatever. But it's like, but I feel like the Nick Fury car scene is sort of the predominant thing feel of a lot of the movies that have led up to this and i can say in this movie i mean it's like the nick fury car scene is more of sort of like a one-off thing that like stood out to me because so much of the movie isn't that like it's like it's trying to you know go in a more subtle direction um which I really enjoyed, actually. And again, it's kind of fucking me up. I'll be totally honest, because going into the first Captain America movie, I expected if there was a movie that I was just going to not like at all, yeah. it would have been that. That ended up being the standout of phase one to me, for sure. And again, going into this, I'm kind of like, well, can they capture lightning in a bottle twice? Turns out, yeah, actually, like, I did not hate this movie, like, truly. And this is wow. maybe genuinely yeah. the first Marvel movie that we've watched sincerely where i like more about this movie than what i don't like about this movie we're winning Jeez. it's happening like and it's weird that it has to be a captain america movie that does this yeah. but it's yeah. like you know so i think because of that i'm gonna have to rate this the highest i've ever rated a marvel movie oh. in this podcast we're gonna give we're gonna go ahead we're gonna give this guy a 6.8 oh. oh. 6.8 Holy not quite whoa. a seven but you Holy. know what i actually gotta say 
I, I, I enjoyed this. This is the first Marvel movie that we have watched where I, I, like, I found myself against my better judgment, frankly, having fun. I had, I, I had a little fun at points watching wow. this one. I liked, I liked uh, 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 aspects of it. Um, but uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, you know what? I was gonna end by saying something negative. I'm not even gonna do that. We'll leave it at <laughs> wow. six point eight. I enjoyed it. Dan, over right, to you. Dan, let's go. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, glad to hear that. Um, here's the thing. So for this movie, there were a lot of technical or technological standouts for me that I that pulled me out of the moments, right? So one I mentioned was the elevator passcode scene. That doesn't make any sense. The other one was the flash drive. It was encrypted, meaning you can't get the data off of it, meaning that you can't get the location data off of it. It's all data. If it's encrypted, it's all encrypted. It's not some of it is encrypted and some of it is available for you to hack. So there were kind of just a lot of these weird moments in like the widescreen CRT monitor. And it's like, these are not difficult things to maneuver around. So they just feel lazy to anyone who's thinking at all about the technical aspects of these things right now obviously there's technology that can be put in the chest of an iron man outfit and like power a suit right of course but it at least sticks with a theme that kind of makes sense like none of that technology exists so it can kind of be its own thing but when you have other technology that does exist and you put that into this world and you don't put any type of common sense into how it's used uh it kind of just brings those moments down for me and then the fucking peggy carter old person moment mm -hmm. just i i couldn't i couldn't even pay attention to the sincerity of the moment because the face was just so distracting uh so anyways didn't like it overall i forgot like how much I really liked this movie. I really enjoyed it. The fight scenes kept me in it. I didn't get bored at them. Like I just watched um, The Gray Man on Netflix, which is uh, the one with like, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Gosling and uh, Chris right. Evans as the bad guy. Uh, the fight scenes were just like, fuck, okay. Like can we get to more of the story? Like the fight scenes were just boring because it was just two guys just pummeling each other the whole time, right? Um, so, but this movie definitely didn't feel that way. So overall, I would put this movie at a, uh, 7.8 out of 10. Okay. Really enjoyed this movie a lot. Nice. Um, John, my turn. bring us home. Bring us home. I, so a little meta point that I really liked about this movie, uh, incorporated with the podcast is that we're getting a lot of good points from Christian and a lot of criticism from Dan. And it's really fun to watch you guys kind of like flip the scripts on your roles in this podcast. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of this movie, I knew I liked it. I knew it was one of my favorite MCU movies going into it. Um, and that still, it still holds up. I didn't remember how bad that uh, old lady Peggy Carter thing was. <laughs> um, I actually ended up being kind of impressed by it, but also like very disturbed by it at the same time. Um, but I also didn't realize 
how big of a shift this movie was in the MCU in terms of like yeah um bringing the Marvel movie into a genre that exists on its own this was kind of like the first um it was like a real action movie it wasn't like a superhero action movie it was like a Jason Bourne-ish kind of genre and I really like that each of the uh not every single one of the movies after this but a lot of them uh kind of take their own twists on genres and then put Marvel into them and I really like that uh overall I think I'm gonna give this because I gave I went back I looked at my my previous ratings for Captain America one and the Avengers I gave Captain America a seven and I gave the Avengers a 7.1 because I wanted to give them both a seven but I did end up enjoying the Avengers more than Captain America so I bumped it up by one point this one I think I'm gonna go similar rating I'm gonna go seven point five uh nice. i'm not a huge action fan but the direction that they're taking these movies in the character growth uh was all really good um some cheesy one-liners kind of dampened the score a little bit but i think 7.5 is a solid score for it yeah this was a clear turning point movie for the mcu oh it's, yeah uh, absolutely i hope it continues to go in this direction because god damn phase one sucked oh, what so the fuck bad, <laughs> well like, we'll uh jesus we'll, christ we've got another good one coming up so next episode uh is guardians of the galaxy yeah, uh which uh a movie that uh people were like what what, what are you doing? Nobody's heard of Guardians of the Galaxy before, right? Non-comic book nerds. Uh, what, this seems like a weird path to take to just introduce this new crew of people in the middle of phase two, but uh, I think this is going to be another good watch. So yep. uh, tune on back in two weeks for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Hell yeah, and we'll uh, see you we'll all see you then. Excelsior, everybody. <laughs> see ya. <Bye. laughs>